Shimani Gibson, 30 years old, died 13 days after giving birth. Amber Rose Isaac, 26, died due to complications of an emergency C-section. Shasia Washington, 26, from undergoing a C-section. Denise Williams, 29, 58 hours after seeking postpartum care for a pulmonary embolism. This list is not exhaustive, but the truth is we know these names, and this is the fear with which we go through the birthing process, oftentimes as black women. And what we need to remember is that in New York, 78% of maternal deaths in black individuals were declared preventable. And we know that a crucial piece of combating this maternal mortality crisis is the role of doulas. That was State Senator Samra Brook speaking on Tuesday, March 7th at the New York State Senate Health Committee's hearing on a new proposal to integrate doulas into the state medical system and allow Medicaid to reimburse for doula services. Liz Adeo, a birth doula and part of the company Afterglow Albany Birth, explained what a doula does. We've been giving birth from the dawn of man and we used to have support And it really was usually families or we'd live in villages and we'd be able to support that process. But in our modern day, we really don't have access to that as much as we used to. And so doulas kind of fill the gap. And what they do is support the prenatal, the birth and labor and the postpartum portion of the first birth year. The ways that we support are through education, information. We give um, physical support, emotional support through the birthing process. Um, We help people with birth planning and figuring out what their intentions are for the birth. And then we attend the birth with them. And then postpartum, we do support as well and with breastfeeding and from hospital to home that transition. Her colleague, Saratoga doula Christine Hernandez addressed the hearing. The United States is facing a maternal and infant health crisis. Black and brown birthing people are dying of pregnancy and birth-related causes at a rate of, depending on who you ask, sometimes three, four, or five times higher than white birthers, according to the Centers for Disease Control. In the state of New York, approximately 31% of live births occur by cesarean section, despite the recommendation of 10 to 15% by the World Health Organization. That means 31% of people are sent home two to three days after having major abdominal surgery to care for a newborn when they aren't even supposed to be walking up a flight of stairs. In addition to the dangers to their physical health, birthing people are also facing a mental health crisis, which has only gotten worse post-COVID. After all the many visits a pregnant person has, after birth there is minimal follow-up care. Most postpartum visits with a care provider are not scheduled until six weeks after birth, leaving perinatal mood and anxiety disorders to go unnoticed and untreated. Doulas have long been filling in the gaps in care provided by our mental health care system. Doulas have the unique opportunity to work closely with birthing people and provide physical and emotional support during childbirth and postpartum. Studies have shown that doula support during childbirth lowers the risk of cesarean by up to 39% and improves maternal health outcomes overall. Shorter labors, less unnecessary medical intervention, and higher APGOR scores for babies. Doulas encourage people to advocate for themselves, letting them know what their rights are as a patient in the hospital system. They also encourage agency and ownership of the birthing experience, helping to combat the discrimination and marginalization that some birthing people face in our medicalized maternal care system. 
They provide reassurance and emotional security, especially in marginalized communities where people feel disempowered or uncomfortable with their care providers. They help facilitate connection to community resources and develop a relationship with the birthing person that continues long after the postpartum period, leading to a greater sense of connectedness and safety. Having pregnancy support that comes from within people's own communities fosters trust and eases anxiety. Currently, there are many barriers to accessing doula services, and they exist and range from the lack of availability of doulas to financial constraints. Ms. Adeo explained how the proposed program could work. So insurance companies are starting to understand the value of our services and how we can apply that through their benefits. Right now, for example, in the Capital District, there's a private insurance, CDPHP, and they have a new program that started in January where they're reimbursing families through their wellness programs up to $1,500 for doula services. So that's a really good reimbursement rate. I think the average for doulas in the state is around $1,200. I think it goes up to $2,500 if you're closer to New York City. So the way that that program works is that you would go through um, the website and you get reimbursed for what you've paid the doula. It's like for your gym reimbursement right, or something right. like that. But for Medicaid, we would actually get our, our own NPI numbers as doulas, as providers, and we would directly be billing Medicaid for services. I believe in the pilot program, um, you can bill for four prenatal meetings, the labor and birth support, and then four postpartum meetings. So they all have their own codes. And what do you hope will be the results of the hearing? I'm hoping that through the testimonies given by doulas that they understand the value of what we do and how we really do catch things. You know, in this country, you see your doctor every month, then every two weeks, and then every week, and then you have your baby. And then we say, goodbye, we'll see you in six weeks. And you have a mother who may have some medical needs, maybe even isn't supposed to lift anything heavier than her baby or go up a flight of stairs because she's had a cesarean section. And we're not seeing them until six weeks postpartum. So doulas are in the home seeing people and we catch things. I mean, I've caught my clients having fevers and, you know, having like passing clots and and things that really needed attention and they're busy caring for a newborn <laughs> trying to keep a baby alive so their like health is not necessarily the first thing on their mind um, but we are looking we're really holding that mother um, and holding that family um, and holding space for them and we're catching things so it's that's really the value of the doula and we're hoping that this hearing today they're understanding that and and passing it I asked Ms. Odeo what her concerns were as her craft entered the formal medical system. This is not easy work for a doula. We love our families. We, you know, we love this work that we're doing, but it is not sustainable if the payout rates for doulas are too low. Um, So uh, in the way back um, years ago, when they were first before the pilot program, they were, um, I think they were reimbursing doulas like $400 for everything, um, which is just not sustainable. You think about, you know, a doula working in New York City where it's so expensive to live. And, you know, we're only one person. We can't just take tons and tons of clients. Like we are up, 
you know, on call all the time. We are not sleeping, you know, we're, we're in hospitals for days, sleeping on floors sometimes. So there's only one of us and we can only help so many people. So the reimbursement rate really does need to be something that's sustainable for our work um, and values the time that we put into each client. Because the reason why doulas are valuable, the reason why we reduce cesarean rates, shorten labors is is built on the trust that's built between the client and the doula over the period of time that we're working together. Mm. That's a lot of work um, to build that trust. And it really requires a lot of exposure to the family and understanding, you know, what their needs are, what their individual intentions are for the birth. Um, So I think in terms of sustainability, it needs to be a good rate of reimbursement. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's on the doula end of things. On the client end, it needs to be, um, something that's easily understandable as to why it could be valuable for them. So it does probably need to come with some literacy around why they might want a doula for a birth um, and a lot of outreach when it comes to, you know, basically just saying, hey, this is a service that you can get, you know, for free, basically. Senator Samra Brook closed the testimony on Tuesday with a note of optimism. If you had asked me a year and a half ago if I would be sitting here in front of a room full of people with doulas from actually all over the country, I probably would have said that's probably not going to happen that, that quickly. But the fact that we are at what I'm deeming doula day is tremendous and it shows that we have the right people in the right positions to finally move this forward on a state level and hopefully to be a model for the states who have not quite figured it out um, as well as we have. So my commitment to you all is to continue to bring you all to the table, whether you're community-based doulas, whether you're providers, otherwise people who have experienced doula care, because those are the voices that have to continue to inform the decisions we make as policymakers, but also as people with lived experience, knowing what it's like. So our mothers deserve better, our children deserve better, and we're committed to doing better. So thank you all so much. Reporting for Hudson Mohawk Magazine, this is Moses Nagel.